Hey, this is Pierre Bedard, and uh, it's time for another one of Pierre's unofficial podcast. Uh, today, uh, we're missing Crazy James, but it's uh, myself and Richard DeCandle, and we're going to talk about something that Crazy James actually knows nothing about, which is the Grand Portage, and just talk in general terms about the Grand and give you our perspective on the Grand uh and when we did it so i'll start with richard richard uh good morning good morning uh good to be with you pierre yeah we haven't talked for a little while but um no sure, let's no. let's talk canoeing <laughs> well um, what when what year did you guys do the grand uh grand portage was uh the end of my grade nine year which was 1965 right in the middle of the decade um and uh yeah like all the canoe trips we set out uh probably the first week of June, and um, drove to uh, what was then, I believe, Fort William and Port Arthur. I don't think it had changed to Thunder Bay until uh, a decade later, I'm not sure when, and um, did an overnight and then set off on Lake Superior, which is not a lake to be uh, trifled with, as they say. No. Uh, the biggest lake uh, pretty well in Canada. Great Bear may be a little bigger, but there, it's a definitely... Um, a big lake, and uh, I guess fortunately you're going along the what would be the western shore, and most of our winds come from the west and the north, and so that it's somewhat protected. Uh, but I do believe we did get windbound, and I know that one almighty storm hit us that first night. Uh, the uh, thunderstorms and rainstorms they they were part of that trip. Fortunately, not continuously, and they come and go, but. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, in our, and for that trip, we did not have tents. I think, uh, I don't know whether we are transitioning to what would be the kind of tarp coverage, under the canoe coverage for sleeping, uh, <clears throat> which you can comment on, but I believe it evolved mostly into just using tarps. Um, well, and then got down to Grand Portage in three or four days, but I think we were held up one afternoon. And then uh, the, the big challenge, of course, is Grand Portage. And to kind of taking in, soaking up the atmosphere of that old fur trade settlement, which by accident was, of course, in the States, on the, on the American side of the 49th parallel. And, of course, everything had to be moved up to uh, Fort William, I believe, in 1810 when they settled the boundary. Uh, That's right. Somewhere right. in there, and uh, the Northwest Company, it was a Northwest Company fort, but... Um, it was completely I, I, abandoned. I, yeah, much. I guess, it, yeah, you're right. Um, they, it, I believe part of the treaty, and I've been actually reading a, a Hudson Bay Company story, in which talks a lot about the Northwest Company, and I think part of that treaty process, and I forget which one it was, uh, was to uh, block the Northwest Company from operating in the States anywhere because they were in Pennsylvania and they were uh, Michigan and, and obviously that fort. So anyway, but, but uh, it's kind of neat being in that historic place. And of course, when we were there, it had been restored to a tourist fort. And I'm sure. Not sure when that, when that happened. Yeah. To put things in perspective, I mean, uh, the Grand Portage, you know, we talk about the Grand Portage and the big uh, headline is right up front. But the Grand Portage is a trip itself. Um, I, I've heard it called 900 miles. I've heard it called 750. But you essentially start in Lake Superior and end up 
uh, well, we ended up uh, just north of Selkirk at the school. You ended up in Winnipeg. You had to paddle a little further on the red. But we essentially cut, I mean, the trip essentially cuts across Canada through the boundary waters and um, recreates a fur trade that used to occur back in the day. And yeah, I, I read up also on the history of Grand Portage and the fact that it had to be moved uh, north. Um, and those were very contentious times in those days. Uh, beaver was king. Yeah. Um, and being a voyageur, uh, I, you know, I, I'm imagining that being French Canadian and having been in Canada, or at least my, the, the Bedard names being in Canada since the 1640s, 1650s, uh, there are probably a few of them Bedards who, uh, made their way, uh, to Grand Portage, uh, back in the day, canoeing wow. either for Hudson's Bay or Northwest, uh, company. But yeah, we had tarps also. Uh, okay. The technology, yeah. when I did the trip in 1974, uh, we had tarps also, and uh, there were no tents. And we had the same fear of Lake Superior. I can't imagine getting windbound on it, but we managed to make it through uh, fairly quickly and get to the Grand, uh, I think, in the first day uh, by wow. noon. And we wow. actually were at the Pigeon River uh, or, you know, through the actual portage itself, um, by that night, I'd have to look again, but, uh, we were actually, we, we were very blessed at least in those first. Yeah. So how much did you carry? I mean, we talk about, Cutting in bit about the, talk a little bit about how, um, those nine miles occurred. Um, yeah. Um, I, I I did not carry a canoe, I don't think. <laughs> Funny how you don't really remember. Um, but, uh, you know, we had to, it was, they, they kind of moved, we moved forward in, in kind of military-like precision uh, so that people didn't get left too far behind. And the canoes were up up the front and, and the pot packs and the, and the, uh, Food boxes were carried by everybody else, but it was. Um, I know a later trip I did, we did it in much more synchronized kind of way. But that one, I think we were pretty good. And I believe there's a lake halfway, or I can't remember uh, through the portage that you kind of aim for, uh, because there's not probably a lot of water along the route, and you know you're needed to stop for a drink now and again, and. Or I, we didn't have canteens, so we weren't carrying water. Um, not that I can recall. Well, that's so, a good point in terms of water. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't. We didn't have canteens, and you basically took your water from the where you were paddling. Right. Oh um, yeah. Wow. Unless you were on the rainy river, but that's another story. Uh, that that's yeah. you know that's probably the the pollution started there for us, but. Um, yeah. And it was also very marshy. Uh, there were the, yeah. as I remember, the Grand Portage had um, boards laid out over oh, the marsh. Boardwalk, so yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, they had a kind of boardwalk in yeah. certain areas. Yeah. I carried yeah. canoes. I was all about canoes, but the logistics of it, you know, you bring it up. I mean, how the hell did we not leave anything behind? Yeah, no, it's a good point. It was mostly not 
the weaker members or the slower members weren't, you know, four hours behind. So everybody had to wait. If, the more you move together, the, I guess, you know, the less it was a long drawn out ordeal. And I think it did kind of help, help those who needed help move a little faster than if they'd been just left abandoned at the back end and had to make their way through at 2 a.m. or whatever <laughs> absurd time they finally got there. And, and then, of course, they'd be uh, pretty useless the next day. Not that we were, I don't think, we, we, we did it in one day, and I'm sure it sounds like you did as well, well or even quicker, uh, which was it's important, that I think, because you could, you could easily turn that into a day and a half. If you don't make it through the first day, then having to go all the way back or halfway back, and it, 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 you wouldn't, I mean, it, not that there was a, a, a particular time frame that you were trying to accomplish, but we like to keep moving, that's for sure. And, and that's sort of one of the biggest knocks against St. John's program is you didn't stop to smell the roses much. No, um, you were on a mission, but you you know, it showed you you were on a mission and it shows you uh, from a military, I was never in the military, but you can imagine the logistics, right, of getting yeah. people over is are just, you know, a small squad or something um, and moving them from nine miles yeah. with everything yeah. is no was, mean feat. Yeah, no, it was, uh, um, and, you know, and of course, you, you, not that we need to compare ourselves to the old voyageurs, but uh, the Cour de Bois, but I mean, they were, it was ridiculous, the, the weights of pack they were carrying. Some of them were up to, they did them in 90 pound bales. Uh, and for sure, you had to carry two, one, on your back with a tump line and the other, which was kind of a balance, a counterbalance that you had on your head. Uh, it's hard to imagine how it was counterbalancing, but you, uh, and then you, I mean, 180 pounds on your back for nine miles. I don't know. And getting it up and down, I guess they kind of just dropped it on the ground. Like occasionally uh, canoes would hit the ground and so would uh, packs and pot packs, you know, just bang because you were, you couldn't put it down. You didn't have the strength to lower it. I got taken out by the bow of a canoe yeah. um, towards the end of the portage. Um, somebody let go of the canoe. And the last thing I remember is the, this big yellow bow coming at my head. And I think it took me out. Wow. Uh, it wow. knocked me out a little bit. It, it certainly stunned the hell out of me. But I took the blow over my whole body. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah. yeah, stuff like that uh, you're happened. A, you're on the ground, pinned under 300 pounds of canoe, basically. Nah, nah. It just hit. It just swatted me a, and a just sent me flying. And then, oh, so okay, so we got there. So it took us 20 minutes to get through the portage itself. You know, you kept no time. 20 minutes. Shit. 20 minutes. Yeah, that's how long we've been talking. Uh, oh, oh about... I see now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant the actual day. Oh, no, 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 no. It, nine hours, right? At minimum. Eight or nine hours, I remember. And the only thing that saved us that kept that allowed us to do it in a day was the length of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, June, because you you're at your 16 you're hours. June. Yeah, yeah. You're in June 16, 17, and there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know you. It, uh, it was a, a big bonus because you don't really want to stumble along a portage trail in the dark if you can avoid it. I mean, I no, you you just can't do that. And I, I mean, 
interestingly enough, it was a pretty good trail, even though, I mean, canoeing, it's sort of, Quetico, that's a very famous canoeing park. And I think that boundary route had, had been open, you know, probably through the 50s, 60s, when, well, maybe even before that, as a regular route, um, you know, carried out by Boy Scout, Scout groups or summer camp groups or whatever, you know, parts of that. They probably didn't do the whole trip like we did. They probably barely get to uh, Fort Francis or or they do a circle and come back to um, Grand Portage. Cause I oh, believe- I would do that. I That's a part of the trip I would never, if I was doing it, I'd just stick up at Quetico and just forget the Grand, right? I mean, it's a... Yeah. It's not that exciting. It's not that it's not that beautiful. But right after the Grand, we go to the Pigeon River. Yeah. And I don't think you can get to I don't think you can get to the Pigeon without going over the Grand, though. I think it's too you gotta you gotta go um, get up that river and below that it's just pure waterfalls, isn't it? Well, plus you're going against yeah you're 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 literally tracking your canoe up the bet water and The thing that struck me about that, I'll tell you, my memory of the pigeon was the fact, you know, the doing the grand is one of the dirtiest things you could possibly do. Right. Right. I mean, you get dirty. Right. (laughs) I remember. And the pigeon was like a washing machine. Yeah. It literally my jeans. Uh, I mean, my jeans, my everything got cleaned. Yeah. Water was just that hard. Yeah. Beautiful. Crystal clear, cold, blue, cold too, cold water. I mean, it was, but um you weren't in the thinking, water well i should be canoeing but i'm not canoeing i'm like try i'm in up to my waist in water trudging up this river yeah i i don't think we i think we would get in and paddle a bit some stretches but i i don't remember being tracking the whole way because you're talking basically tracking all the way to the height of land that's quite a, no. i don't know how yeah i don't think, I think we did that yeah you're i mean right. it's a I think good, it's good day or so isn't it because this, this is, of course, the height of land is where you got to have this uh, Umdunor uh, ceremony. You're, you're not an Umdunor? They no, we, it, I, I don't know why. Because, um, you know, Ted Byfield was the leader of our trip, and he was all over the Northwest drinking. Company and Canadian history. And I'm surprised. And, and drinking. And drinking. Well, on that, too. Maybe, you know, maybe Ted, maybe Ted got into the rum. Well, all before and Pigeon Falls and yeah. Pigeon Falls and that pretty much you know yeah shot so down I, all the hell. I mean, I'm, I'm I am curious to hear a bit. So somebody packed a couple of Mickey's so that everybody got a. It was a one Mickey. Hole. It was mm-hmm. one Mickey. It was Peter Jackson. Okay. I forget what it was. I was hoping it was Bacardi 151. Wow. You know, because that was the highest proof rum you could get. You think it, 151 is what we used to drink? It had to be rum, um, eh? Well, yeah, it it wasn't lemon gin, which I used to drink a lot of in Mickey's. Yeah, but that's another story. So it was so. Yeah, they packed it and they gave it to us in a with a you know the little uh, twist top shot, shot glass or a small no, just the top. Oh, the cap, yeah, just yeah, the cap, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of course. And then we took it and promised not to kiss another voyager's wife without um, his permission. Yeah, that well, was, I was a big. Uh, I was just reading that some of these Coeur de Bois, these guys. I mean, they they lived wild lives, and some of them had up to three or 
five wives over the period, and they were never home. Well, never home in the summer, anyway. Um, amazingly, kind of. Uh, and they know, died young. Uncivilized. They died young. Lifestyle. Yeah, well, not true, but not that anybody lived much past 40 or so. Well, that's true. Young. But uh, it was uh, getting, getting inside the. They were they were happy to get out of Montreal, uh, the whatever May first or whenever they would leave. Um, whenever the ice broke. Yeah, waiting for the ice to break. But so you had you went through the Yamdenor. Um, you know the funny yes. thing is that it's sort of a funny ceremony because the people from Montreal never did that leg. It was only always the people coming down from Athabasca that were going back up again. And so there oh, were really? two distinct communities of voyageurs of Cour de Bois because there wasn't time. And and what's more, the guys who came from Montreal and met in, in July, they both met in July at the fort. They had to take all the furs back to Montreal and, and, and the other guys carried on with all the trinkets and the, uh, well, fire water. Hey, oh, I've learned what fire water is. You it didn't was, know what uh, it was? Well, I know what it was, but how it got its name. Oh. And it, it was um, that because the uh, indigenous uh, workers and, and buyers along the route began to suspect that they were watering down this rum that they were being given and, and paying the same number of furs for a, a more dilute <laughs> product, they developed this process, this uh, uh, method of they, they'd spit into the fire. And if it didn't sizzle or steam, uh, it was it was it the pure good. stuff, and they would pay the higher price. But if it just steamed like water, and put the fire out, then it was uh, you know it was <laughs> crap. And they would they'd say no, no bloody way. We're you know you're getting half the, the rate or whatever. We're not buying this stuff. Kind of funny. And it it sounds very true <laughs> because hauling all that rum across the continent to trade, um, you know, that's a heavy load. That's probably heavier than any other item that you would be packing portaging ballast yeah i guess but yeah but they didn't need i mean those canoes were jam-packed full of stuff but yeah well they used to they actually used to well the bigger canoes i don't think you know it's i don't think that the big canoes went up the pigeon river number one no you're right and that's the other thing the ones from montreal they didn't have to do any port or very little portaging well yeah it was freighters yeah, up the Ottawa, down the French, and there was a couple of portages around Timmins and and getting in, and then into Georgian Bay, and from there you're just going through the Great Lakes. So they were in Lachine. I mean, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you that's in Montreal. Right? That's at Montreal. I don't know. I think. So yeah. what's interesting? Portaging a minute. What's interesting about portaging? If you look, I mean, this came up in the context of the Ukraine. Okay. Uh, the a lot of the rivers, you know, they have, I believe, the Dnieper going down the Ukraine, yeah, yeah. one of the main rivers that used yeah. to have a lot of portaging. I mean, oh. it, did, it was a wild river. It wasn't like dammed. It didn't have locks. It was like back in the I'm talking like, you know, medieval times. Oh, sure. Yeah. So so what would happen is people would wait for people to portage and then, you know, then steal. Basically, they had a huge oh. problem with the portage locations that didn't really occur in here because there just weren't that many people no 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 that's true yeah so anyway, you get so, so we got to pigeon falls i mean that's the thing i remember about P- the pigeon river is just what a great washing machine it was <laughs> um yeah and also 
I mean, when you're on the grand, it's a different. Wow. Everybody talks about the grand the whole year. It's like the 50 mile race. Yeah. It's like, you're talking you're, about you know, you're, you know, what are you going to do? Leading yes. up to it. Le leading up to it. Yeah. Mm. You I, practice, you do, yeah. you know. No, no, it's, it was certainly, um, uh, yeah, it was, you know, the, the I won't say the most successful trip that I was on, but it, it the mo the smoothest in some ways. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it, I was just going to get on to talking about what I loved, particularly after the, uh, the height of land was all these kind of lily, lily pond lakes that, you know, so it was endless variety of paddle a little bit, little quick portage paddle. The days, you know, sort of raced by and it wasn't long, boring slog like the Saskatchewan River. We didn't do a portage the whole way, <laughs> practically down two around two downs, one down. And, you know, That's you're funny. just you're just paddling endlessly hour after hour, whereas the Grand was really neat that way. You know, that there was so much. So many little lakes, and uh, you're you're exploring fabulous country. Uh, that the, the the guy I've been reading about who wrote the um, the Lonely Land, he it's his most preferred place to uh, Sig Olson's to canoe. Nowhere else in in and he's from Minnesota, I guess, because it extends down in that way. But the thing I, I don't understand about that whole area. I mean, I agree with you. It's like Disneyland. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Everything's perfect. There's no right. I mean, yeah, and that the rock and the, it's it's a beautiful terrain. It's an amazing terrain. Petroglyphs are the petroglyphs in there? Yeah, there's there's or a certain that, amount of that. I don't remember. See, we we barely stopped to see them, or no, you didn't know what they were, and nobody had much to explain. But it might be the French River. I think it yeah. might be later. It might be later. But um, yeah. I always love the. Um, you know, I agree with you. The Boundary Waters was like Disneyland. It a lot of portages, I, but I never understood how people navigated. Oh. I mean, I guess if you've been over the trip once, you remember, maybe. But there's a yeah. lot of places it seems where you could go wrong. Well, and and I guess that was it was a bit simpler through that part because finding the inlet and the outlet because you're looking for water that was flowing in and out it was you weren't going around you know 50 miles of shoreline trying to find the the outlet or even 20 miles of shoreline and and getting lost behind mountains mountains behind uh, islands i mean uh, I, the rainy lake must have been well less, until you knew the route and uh ilalakwa was another big lake about halfway along and finding the I mean, obviously, you 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 found your way into it because you were you get dumped uh, in. You were well, you were going downstream at that point. Everything that's the interesting part from the head of, height of land all the way to Winnipeg. Oh no, apart from going up the red, you were going downstream, so you were flowing into the lakes easily enough. But finding the outlet at the other end, uh, we got lost a couple of times. I think you said you got lost uh, on one of the lakes. Or you took a different route than we took, for sure. Yeah, the, uh, there's like three different outlets into Rainy Lake, 
or one or two different outlets. Always into it. Life. Yeah. Okay. And like one is, and I, I, you know, that's one, I mean, you're so young when you do this, you, you know, every, yeah. everything is hindsight. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, we did. I mean, I was, uh, you know, we can, we'll talk about that when we talk about Rainy Lake, right. but we did, we did all of Rainy Lake and this amazing river uh, that fed into it, like in terms of rapids, just bloody yeah. amazing. I don't want to say it's Tamis, it's not Tamiskaming, obviously, but uh, yeah. it's got an Indian name. I'll, I'll look it up. Oh, Kamenist, no, it isn't a Kamenist. No, problem. it's not. That, that's nearby. There's another lake. There's another river that just flows into Rainy Lake. That's really sort of anyway. It yeah. was amazing, just amazing. I'm trying to think of the um, fishing lodge and fishing lake. Gunflint. Gunflint. That was that's that was part a of neat quite a area. That, you came to that fairly soon, within the first week, right? A lot of um, Americans. And right, because there was a road in from Duluth or somewhere. Um. Up into there, so that and there were it was kind of cottage country and a lot of a lot of boats. So you you were back into civilization. That was kind of I remember that. Uh, yes. Kind of neat. Um, and uh, uh, well, you know what? We this has been great. We talked about we we've made it to Pigeon Falls uh, <laughs> and maybe to uh, the height of land. You know, right. I think at least both of us experienced a trip, and it's a different each of us. Every, anybody who's experienced this trip sees it differently. Yeah. Um, so perhaps people will find this interesting. Maybe not. I don't. Yeah. You know, we'll see how it goes. So I mean, so the grand. You know, I was for me 1974. I had to be 15, 16, um, and I was just a galley slave. <laughs> paddle, Bedard. Yeah. Whack. Paddle. Yeah. But yeah. Jackson was our leader. Okay. And, yeah. Um, it's yeah. reputed that our grand set the record. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, but knowing PJ, I'm sure that happened. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we did, but he, he was, he was a driven leader. Yeah. He was, but yeah, he liked to crack the whip. Huh. But I don't know how the hell you would lead a canoe trip. You, I mean, right. Do you ever remember uh, stopping on a hot sunny day for a swim? Would that ever have happened? No. I not mean, unless I. Not unless we. Uh, yeah. Flipped. When you were windbound, that was okay. But you don't remember being windbound particularly. No, I windbound for us really was on the new boy. Oh, okay. Uh, Didn't we happen were very the... blessed. The reason we set so many, you know, the reason we set a record. Yeah. Is I don't recall being windbound for more than two or three hours. Yeah. I, I just don't. It, 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 that's one of the beauties of that trip is that it, some of the, the lakes are big, but there's lots of bays and islands to protect. So you can kind of keep moving. And often you can find a way that if you go the other sh along the other shore, that you're not in the direct wind and you can keep going. Yeah, that's not, true. The new boy, the new boy has a lot of lakes because of the damming that occurred. Oh, I think. Oh, right. Because you've got seven sisters. Yeah, so there's a lot of lakes and shit in that neck of the woods. And when the wind howls up in the afternoon, right, it can be pretty nasty. Oh, I mean, it doesn't take much to get windbound. 
no no that's true right yeah just anyway uh, all right so wow. do you have any last thoughts no i it was uh i i, I it's a trip that i enjoy kind of revisiting in my mind, especially when I read about it, because they are, those people two, 300 years earlier were following exactly the same route. It, it's, it's, you know, it's the, the modern, it's the transportation route that's been in existence in Canada for so long. And uh, it's kind of fun to know that they were stepping on the same ground and uh, as we did. Uh, and and you only do now if, if you do into canoeing. Um, there's no other way to get in there, a lot of these places. Um, well, plus, not only that, just the health issues, right? I mean, it's not like we carried around our own porta potty uh, or, or we didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't haul away our trash per se. Yeah, I guess that, that's true. I mean, today, today you can't, you know, yeah. that's a huge issue. They don't, I know they do not allow large expeditions like uh, or no. brigades like we were. I, I don't know what the maximum. Probably could be two or three canoes, you know, with six or eight people or whatever. Well, you've got to get a permit, right? Oh, I permit. don't believe. Yeah. I don't believe so in those days. I would say. Oh not. no, no, not in those days. But now you do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you have to book your campsites. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, because. Um, yeah, and and the other issue, of course, is we, you'd be leery of the, of the drinking of water, but it's pretty simple to uh, get the purification process. Uh, well, now they have the pumps. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, with that, I, I'm going to close it. Yeah, sounds good. Let me just uh, 